Well, I'd like to welcome you all here this morning. We'll begin the service. We'll sing number 38, Father Along. Number 38.
That song we just sung, Father Along, we will understand it. There's a lot of things here that takes place here upon the earth and with our lives that we may not understand, but we know this, that God works all things to the good of those that love Him, and those that put their faith and trust in Him. And faithful till death, said our loving Master, just a few more days to labor and wait. Toils of the road will then seem as nothing. The things that we go through today, the toils, the temptations, the sadness, whatever it might be that we go through the day, when we reach that gate, he says there, then the next verse he says, and when he comes from his home in the sky, then we shall meet him in that bright mansion. We'll understand it all by and by. Father along, we'll understand. And let's keep that in mind. But I know today we can understand what he'd have for us to do in our day. And we can understand what he wants us to do how we should live our life, what we should do with the things that he has entrusted into our hands. All of this we can understand today, and we can understand most of all that Jesus Christ came here to the earth for your sins and for my sins. He came here that we might have eternal life, and we talk about that over and over and over. And I want you to understand that, all of us, that you can have that eternal life. And we can know that, I'm sure, to while we're here. So let's put our faith and trust in Him. And honor Him and, His, and, Him, and the Father. So that when we leave this world, then we can be assured of that eternal life. And we can go through those gates that we just sung about to eternity. And we've talked and we've read in the last few weeks of all about how that we can obtain to that. And who will be there. And where the unrighteous will be. But I want to encourage each and every one that we've got that opportunity today to be a part of the righteous. Jesus came for your sins. He died on that cross so that you can have eternal life. Don't waste that opportunity. The sin, the price has been paid. We talk about it often. It's been paid for you and me. Now, let's put it into his hands and let's see victory in Jesus Christ. I believe we'll read some here. I've turned here to the Matthew, the 10th chapter of Matthew. And let's read some there. A good portion of this chapter is words that our Lord and Savior spoke Himself. We'll start at the first verse. Well, let's read just a few verses here. Starting at the 36th in the 9th. There's something there that looks 
would be good for us today to think about. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. He's just looking around and he could see the multitudes of the people that needed salvation. But I believe he was talking about that they were fainting spiritually and scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. They were not following him. They were just following the things throughout the world there and what seemed good in their sight. And he saw the multitudes and can we see the multitudes upon the earth today? That they are just moving about. And we should have compassion and do anything that we could to help them to see and know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He says, because they fainted and were scattered abroad. Spiritually, they were not alert. And just scattered abroad throughout the world. And we can look around and see throughout the world how that is today. That people have very little interest in eternal life. Have very little interest in knowing what their life will be when they leave here. Or even whether or not they believe it, they will have life when they leave here. And he says they're just scattered abroad there. As sheep having no shepherd. If you took a flock of sheep out. And they would just scatter around if they didn't have the shepherd to lead them to where the pastures were and where the grass was and where the water was. They would not be able to find those things. And they would not be able to grow and continue life there. And that was the way that the Lord was looking upon the people in that day. And then he was talking to his disciples and listened to what he had to say. And he said unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous. But the laborers are few. The harvest truly is plenteous. There's people, he says, that needs salvation. There's people there that needs to know and understand. But he says the laborers are few. Those who want to become a part of it. Those that want to labor in his work here upon the earth. And I could look at that in both ways. That there was few that was willing to go out and to... Make this harvest good. There was few that, few that wanted to go out and work in the Lord's work to help to bring the harvest of these people in. And is that the case in our day today with us? Are we willing to be a laborer for Jesus Christ? He says, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And pray to God that he will be there working with each and every one of us today and show us what he would have for us to do, our part in the harvest there that he's talking about. Think about today, we look around and we can see. We see the fields today in this time of the year that are ready to harvest. And sometimes people don't have enough time or the daylight or the weather or something can create an issue to where they're not able to get the, this stuff harvested in a timely manner. But it was there. The wheat, the beans, the corn, the cotton, it's all there. And it's waiting on someone to come and harvest it. Waiting on someone to make that happen. 
And that's what the Lord was looking upon all these people there that needed help, needed salvation. And he looked upon his disciples and he said unto them, The harvest is truly ready, but the laborers are few. Are you willing and do you want to be a laborer for the Lord? Do you want in our daily life, we can be a part of that harvest? Encouraging one another and encouraging others that we might see. Letting them know and understand what Jesus came here for and what he has done. That he loves them and he is willing to take away their sins. He is willing to pray to the Father that they might be able to receive the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. This is all what he was speaking of there. Can we be a part of that? Are we a part of it? That's the thing. Yes, we can be a part of it. But are we a part of that today? Do we see the harvest and are we willing to be a part of it? And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now listen, these were the twelve disciples there and look at what he was given to them. He called them together. He had a work for them to do to send them forth to this harvest that he was just talking to them about. And he gave them power against unclean spirits. He, against unclean spirits so that Satan would not have power over them as they were going out and that they could cast Satan away. They could cast those unclean spirits out. Out of their life, first of all, he says he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people, among the, the harvest there that needed to be done. That was the work of the Lord in that day. His work is still continuing today. Is it the same identical work? No. Is it the same Spirit there that, is, that He is asking for us to work with other people and to help them? Yes. It's the same spirit there. But he had a work going on there that was a special work and he'll have a work going on today in you and me as a special work. We are a special, if we've got that new birth, we are a special group of people. Not because of what we have done, but because we have accepted Jesus Christ and God has given us that new birth. That's how we can become that special group of people. And now the names of the twelve apostles are these. The first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother. James the son of Zebedee and John his brother. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the publican. James the son of Alphaeus and Lebanus, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. 
I hear he was just bringing it out and letting you know who the twelve was. And these were the first apostles there. The first of his disciples that he had given this power, this knowledge, this understanding. And was telling them now what to do. And listen to what he told. He gave them specific instructions of how he wanted his work to be done here upon the earth. And I know he has given us specific instructions today of how he would have his work to be done on the earth. Did you have those ears to hear? And eyes to see so that you are understanding what he would have for us to do. He says, now, these twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. There were certain places that the Lord said, do not go. It was not time for his word to be spread to the Gentiles or to the Samaritans. That was against the, the law of the Jews for them to have any dealings with this, these, these groups of people. And what he was telling them there, now you follow that. Just as there may be things that he is asking for us to, to lay aside, to not be a part of today. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The lost sheep of the house of Israel, the Jews. And he says the lost sheep. Why? Because they had fallen away from the word of God. They were not following him as he had told them hundreds of years before with Moses there of how he would have them to walk with him. And what does he call them? He just makes it very plain and clear. Go now to the way, go not down to the way of the Gentiles and into the city of the Samaritans, enter not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And when we look around across the world today, I know that that's what he is asking for his people to do today, to go to the lost throughout the world, wherever it is, and how you can help that to be done. Right here in your community, start there. Right within this church building, start right here. Communicating and encouraging one another. Those that are lost, those that have not made that commitment, those that are not walking in accordance with Him. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Start right here. And let's start working on our own individual self. So that then we will be in a condition just like these apostles were, these disciples. That then we will be able to go and to do whatever he says do, wherever it might be. And to see, help these lost sheep to know salvation. And as you go... Preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's at hand for everyone that wants to, to know it. The kingdom of, of Jesus Christ and God the Father. They're able to give us to whoever it might be. That new birth. But they do it only on their terms. It's not on our terms. But it's on the terms that he has laid out in this book. That ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. 
Come to me, trust in Jesus Christ, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins, and then stay in that repented way. When you see you have fallen, rise and go again. Don't let Satan get you down, but take it to the Lord Jesus Christ and let him burn those sins while, they are, while you're here upon the earth so that you can be saved and have eternal life. Suffer the loss, whatever it might be. There is nothing that could come upon us that we might suffer here upon the earth. That would, co would even compare the least little bit to eternal damnation. But if we just repent of our sins, whatever it might be, and get the things of the world out of our life, now, that's not saying that we can't enjoy and that we can't have certain things here and live in accordance with how he would have it done here. We can. We can enjoy these things, but never let them become our God and get above all the other, above Jesus Christ and God the Father. Go ye, go. Preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I want us to all understand the kingdom of heaven is at hand for each and every one to be able to have that, to be a part of it if you want to. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. That was a pretty strong order that he told them to go do. Now you think about that. Here was just a group of, of men that it appeared that were very uneducated. Just a group of young men there, I believe, that was with Jesus. And he was just telling them they had never had any formal education much, but they had been with Jesus Christ here for a short period of time. And they knew that he was the Messiah. They knew he was the Son of God, and they knew what he could do for them. And I want you to listen to that. He was just telling them, he says, Now you go to the lost sheep of Israel, and you preach the kingdom of God to them. You teach them that. And then as you go on out and do, as you're there doing that, he says, heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely you have received. Freely give. Isn't that a wonderful thing to think about? But I, I look upon it and I say, wonder in, in the mind of these men, what would have been going on in their mind? What is he telling us to go do? But they had faith and trust. They had seen him accomplish these very things. And they had faith and trust that what he was telling them, he says, I will give to you this spirit. I will give to you the power to do these things. Healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead. And you know what I believe that that raising the dead there was meaning? Was raising those who were dead spiritually. 
there could and there was times when the dead were raised. I don't read of it being done with this group of people here. But there was times when others did things and Peter did. When he raised Tabitha, I believe it was. And Paul, as he raised the young man that fell when he was preaching. And there may have been some other cases there. But I know that what he was telling them was go and preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Preach to the lost of salvation, the lost of Israel, salvation through Jesus Christ. And that's raising the spiritual dead to life. And cast out devils. Get behind me, Satan. Get out of the way. That's what we have to say constantly. Satan, remove yourself from here. He says, resist Satan, and he has to flee from you. Do you understand that? Do you know that? And is that encouraging in your life, in your daily walk? I know it is in me because I can see things that may will just pop into your mind, something you say, where did that come from? But immediately, you know it's Satan. And you know that you can have power over it. And you know that you can say, just get out of here, Satan. Leave. You've got to leave. It's what he said. He said, resist him. Don't let that stay in your mind. Resist the power that Satan has to put that in your mind. Resist it with the power of God. And he says he has to flee. He has to leave. Because he says, I will give to you a spirit of power and a spirit of love and a spirit of a sound mind that you can overcome. And that's what I want you to all be thinking about today and to look and see and to know that this is the truth. This is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God that is being preached to you today. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses nor script for your journey. Neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves. For the workman is worthy of his meat. Now he wanted them to put full faith and trust in him. Not in what they were doing. Again, just visualize these things and think about what was taking place there. Seeing this group of men together and them discussing things and talking, and here Jesus comes up to them, and he just starts telling them, now here, and I've commanded them saying, I've commanded it, he told them, this is what I want you to do. And remember what all he has said up to this point, of how I want you to go out and to do these things. They had never seen this kind of stuff happen before, except what Jesus had done. They'd never been around men that had that kind of power before. But I know we can have that power today. I know I have been able to experience the power that he has to give to us that we can overcome Satan. We can get him out of the way. How he can do things in our life just as he was telling them to go out and to do this in their life to help others. I know that he can do those things. <clears throat> and he says, you don't prepare 
Don't take gold and silver and brass that you are depending upon yourself. He said, I want you to just go out and depend totally upon me. Live in accordance with what I'm doing. He says, don't even take a script. Don't write down the things that you want to say because I will be your mouthpiece. I will give you the words to say. I'll give you the spiritual wisdom and knowledge that you can go out and do what I'm telling you to do. And I know that for a fact that He will do that for us. No script for your journey. Neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves. For the workman is worthy of his meat. And into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire in it who is worthy, and there abide till you go thence. Who in it is worthy? And I believe that there was people. Yes, there was. A, he was telling them to go to the lost sheep of Israel. But I believe that there was people living in that day that was following the law as they should be. And there was righteous upon the earth at that time. And he says, now you go into these towns wherever you might go, and you inquire who in it is worthy for you to come. Who is a, a fearing God and living a godly life as they know it in that day? He says you inquire in that. Now that's, he was wanting them to understand and to be with some of the people there that was righteous or that was walking with God. He says, that's where I want you to be to start out, to, to live there with them. Inquire who is worthy and there abide till you go thence. As long as you're in that town. He says, abide in that kingdom, in that home with them. Living there, teaching and preaching. And they will be able then to help you, give you the things that you need here to sustain life. And when you come into a house, salute it. And if that house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return unto you. He says, look and see what takes place. When you come into this house and you feel like that this is a good place to be, he says, look upon it. And if that house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. Be there. Help the people to understand. Give the peace of God to them. Encourage them in the peace of God. But he says, if it's not worthy, let your peace return unto you. And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words, when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. And that there again, that's some strong words that he was telling his disciples. Giving them, first of all, knowledge and understanding of what he wanted them to do. And that he would be with them. And he would give them the knowledge and power to overcome and to do these things. But whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet against them. Again, that was a very strong message to them. Do you go out and you preach and you tell the truth, but if people reject that, he says, you shake off the very dust against them the dust of your feet, because you have 
given them, they have rejected God's Word. They have rejected Jesus Christ. And he says, go on, and he says, Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. They rejected, they heard the Word, and they rejected the Word, and they will be cast into that lake of fire and brimstone that we have talked about. Isn't that a terrible thing to think about when they had the opportunity there, when here was these men speaking and teaching and preaching. But Jesus knew that there would be some that would not, that would not adhere to the word. And he was just warning them about what was taking place. Let's don't be any one of us in that kind of a situation. But let's hear his word and let's be a part of it. Do not... Reject his word. If it is his word, examine the spirits. If it is coming from him, we have to be a part of it. We have to accept it. And we have to live by it. There is no other way. We have to do that. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be you therefore wise as serpents. And harmless as doves. Listen to that. Here he was sending them forth. He was sending them out among men. Just as we might go among men today. But what was he saying and talking to him about? He says, now when you go out, I'm sending you forth as a sheep. As an humble sheep to go out. And to help bring the flock of Jesus Christ together. That's what I want you to do. In the midst of wolves, he said. In the midst of people who want to reject you, who want to, to tear down the words that you are speaking, wants to tear down the Spirit of Jesus Christ, wants to destroy it. And we can see that throughout the world today. How that they hate the Word of God. And they want to destroy it. And they want to destroy people who teach the Word of God. And they, throughout the world that is going on. And they are. They are putting people to death in some parts of the world. Because they are preaching the Word. Because they have gone as a lamb. As a sheep. Among wolves. Wolves would destroy without a shepherd there. To go out there to keep the wolves away. Without protection, the wolves would come right in and destroy that, that sheep. But God knew, and Jesus Christ knew, He would be there to protect them. He says to you, Verily I send you, it shall be more to, I'm sorry, Behold, I send you forth as sheep into the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That serpent was so wise in his own way. And Satan is wise today. He is so wise that he will deceive most of the people here upon the earth. They, do not, they, are not, they ha do not have the understanding to be able to see his deceitful ways. Only the righteous, only the ones with the Spirit of God can see and know his deceitful ways. That serpent is that wise. He says, I want you to be as wise as that. To go out and to be able to overcome Satan. 
just as he is able to overcome man. I want you to be as wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. To go out with love and mercy and peace. Hating sin, but not hating the person. And we'd do anything that we could to help that person to get out of the sin that they were in. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up into councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak. For it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. And just, again, he was just encouraging this group of people. He was telling them things that would happen to them. We have lived here in such a peaceful time. That we are able to come out and to preach and we are able to spell out his word just as plain as it can be. And not have any opposition much right here. Again, visualize this group of men here in Christ telling them what, how that they would go out and to do these things. And then he's telling them that you're going to be brought before governors and be brought before the councils and they'll scourge you, they'll beat you right in their synagogues. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake for a testimony against the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, when these things become to take place, Keep your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Take no thought, how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. Just wait upon God. Wait upon Jesus Christ. Because He is the one that will give us all the knowledge and understanding and put the words in our mouth that we can overcome and we can tell, speak, whatever he wants us to speak. For it, sh it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which, is, which speaketh in you. And let's be careful with that, friends. If that Spirit of the Father is in someone that is speaking to you or speaking wherever it may be, be able to accept that as coming from him. And then let's all be at one. And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child. Children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Amen to that. Listen to that. He's just telling them. We can see these kind of things. They were going on in that day, and they were going on all the way along from then up until now even. That brother shall deliver up the brother to death. 
And father the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. All in the name of, of religion in a lot of cases is what was taking place in those times. All in the name of religion. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth until the end shall be saved. And almost all to understand that. He mentions that in several places throughout the Bible. About abiding with him and enduring until the end. He didn't say to go out here that you would just be able to say a prayer. Say that you're saved. And then go on and live back in that sinful life that you are. And he says, no. He says, I say unto you, you shall not... He says, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that shall endure, endure all the temptations, endure all of what Satan brings upon us. Endure it by using the power of God to overcome it. Until the end, all the way to the end. I believe it was in Pilgrim's Progress how that John Bunyan talked about as he was crossing over the river, going into the celestial city, that the wicked one was there shooting arrows at him to try to destroy him as if he was that close to going into the celestial city. The wicked one was still there trying to destroy him. But he was able to use the power of God and, and faith and go on and overcome. And he went on into the celestial city. Right through the gates. The power of God keeping Satan at bay. And we can see that today. We can know it and we can have it. And be at one. But when they persecute you in this city. Flee you into another for verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel until the Son of Man be come. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. And I believe he was just telling them of what would be taking place, that he would be out there also, going into these cities and into these towns. And he's doing the same things, and people hating him, and people bringing him before governors and whoever it might be. All of these things I believe and we can read and see that Christ, this happened to him also. And he says, the disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. That the Lord is there and he will be with them. But he is the one that is first and foremost. He is the one that is above each and every one of us. The, it, is, it is enough for the disciple that he be as his master, and the servant is his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they call them of his own household? And think about that. He says, it is enough for the disciple that he be as his master. And that's all we should be looking for today, that we be like Jesus Christ. And he says that we can be. And he says, walk as Jesus walked. Walk in the Spirit. All of these things are words that he has written here in this book that we can have and understand. Walk in that Spirit. 
And he also just warned them about it. He says, if they have called me Beelzebul, then I am the chief of devils, and I'm casting out devils through devils. He says, how much more will they call them of his household, those that are trusting in him? How much more will they look upon them, upon you, and say the same things? Fear them not, therefore. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. Fear them not. Therefore, don't fear Satan. Remember, he is the weaker of the two spirits. And there is a spirit of God that's available to you. Use it. And that's what he was talking to them about. That I'm giving you. I'm sending you out with this power. They didn't have the spirit of the Holy Ghost yet. But they did have this power and this knowledge. That God was given to them. And I believe it was at that time. It was very similar to what they would be receiving. When they received the Holy Ghost. But they would have power. He was sending them out. And gave them power over the unclean spirits. Gave them power over the disease. Over sickness. Over death. Fear them not therefore. For there is nothing covered. That shall not be revealed. And hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness. That speak you in light. And what you hear in the ear, that preach you upon the housetops. He says, now go and preach and teach the things that I am given to you. Either by revelation, wherever it might be, right in your home, or where you hear it in your ear coming from a righteous person. He says, that preach, that preach you upon the housetops. That take my word and spread it throughout the world. That's what he was telling these people. Now don't you be afraid. You go and preach and teach my word. And fear not them which kill the body. But are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Again, this is words that Jesus Christ wrote. And he was just encouraging His people. And that's what I wanted to be encouraging to each and every one of us today. Is don't, he says, don't just, He says, fear not them which kill the body. That's all that can be done. He says, but are not able to kill the soul. This body, if someone takes our life, if we lose this life, and, all, and we have our soul in the right place, and we have that new birth within that soul, then we are now just going on into life forever. So he says, don't fear somebody that can just take your body, but can do nothing against your soul. He says, don't worry about those things. But he did say this. He says, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Now this was words of Jesus Christ. He says, fear him. Why would he tell us that? Why would he say to fear him? Because there is a, 
there is repercussions for sin. There is punishment for sin. There is punishment, as we read recently, if we take this tabernacle that He has given to us, this tabernacle of God that is now filled with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, and we defile that with sin, and we, we are overcome with that, that is something to be very fearful of. Because then, He is able to take this life and He is able then to cast that soul in hell. Listen to what He's saying. Fear God. God gave us His Word. God's given us His commandments. The way He wants us to live. Now let's live by it. And know and understanding that if we don't live by His Word, that we can, He can take our life and He can cast our soul into hell. That's what He's saying. Listen. Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear Him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And if you've never repented, if you have never received that new birth, you are better be in a fear, for you are in a fearful and dangerous position. That He can take that body, He can take your natural life, and cast you into hell. Is it His will that He do that? No! It's His will that you come to Him and accept Him, and be a part of His kingdom here upon the earth. It's God's will that you are saved through Jesus Christ our Lord. But if we just reject Him and go on and hear His Word and do not live in accordance with it, He will destroy both your natural life and your spiritual life. That is what will take place, my friends. These are words of Jesus Christ. But now listen to what he says. Are not two sparrows sold for a fathering? And one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father. Now look at that. You see the, all these thousands or millions of little birds that are flying around today. And we look upon them that they're basically worthless is what we would think in our mind. What good are they? And I know that they have certain, they've got a certain place in this life, in this kingdom. There's a certain place for him, for them there. But he wanted to, people to see and to think about the very insignificance of those little sparrows there. But he says, there's not a one of them that dies and falls to the ground, but that the Father knows that and allows it. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered, he says. God knows all about you. He knows all about everything about us. He says, fear ye not, therefore. You are more valued than many sparrows. And that's what I want you to be encouraged about today. Fear not if, you, if you'll just accept Him. There is no fear in that love. It takes all that away. With that fear, it goes away. Fear ye not, therefore. 
ye are of more value than many sparrows. So great a value are you that God sent this man, Jesus Christ, that spoke these words so that you could have eternal life. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. And that's what we talk about so much. Whosoever therefore will shall confess me before men, confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and confess to Him that I am a sinner. Confess to Him that, Lord, I want You to be my Savior. I want You to take away my sins. I put my trust in You. I repent of my sins. There is no forgiveness till we repent of our sins. Whosoever therefore shall confess before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. What are we confessing? We're confessing our sins before men. We're confessing that we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God before men. We confess that our ways are wrong and we must adhere to the ways of Jesus Christ. That's what we are confessing to. And he says if we confess that before Him, before Jesus Christ, he says, I will also confess before my Father which is in heaven. I will confess you. I will, I will be there praying to God for you. I will be there, I am there, he says, at the right hand of God, mediating for you. He is the perpetuation for your sins. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. That is a terrible thing to think about. Awful. Whosoever shall deny me before men. I hope there's nobody here today that would deny Jesus Christ and tell people that I don't believe that this is His work. I don't believe that this is His words that is being read here today. And deny that He has a way for us to live, and things that He wants us to do here upon the earth. Deny that before men. He says, If we, whosoever therefore shall confess Me before men, him will I confess before My Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny Me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Do you want to deny the words that's being taught to us today? Do you want to deny that you, can, you are not confessing your sins as He says? That you are not a child of His? Are you denying what He's saying do and holding out that there's something in your life that you want to continue to do, that you want to be a part of it, instead of putting it all into Jesus Christ? Friends, listen to what He's saying. He says, if you do these things and you don't confess Me before men, I will deny you before God the Father. And if you did, He denies us before Him, where is that going to put us? 
What's going to happen to us? We will be with those with the wicked that is cast into damnation. But we can be a part of the others there. We can be a part. We can, we can confess him and be a part of it. He says, I will then confess you to my Father. Think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's foes shall be those of his own household. He's, he's warning us there that when you accept him, then there will be people right amongst you, your closest friends, your household, your daughter, your son, your husband, your father, your mother. If they are not believers, then what does he say? He says, for I came to set a man at variance. There has to be a difference. There has to be a separation. If you've been living in that condition with worldly people and ungodly people, but now you have accepted that and have become righteous. There has to be a turnaround. And when you, they see that righteous spirit in you and you condemning their evil and unjust ways in them, he says it brings division. He says there will not be peace among you and the world. There is not peace among my spirit and the spirit of Satan. There is no peace there. Because my spirit is righteous and Satan's spirit is wicked. And they will not mingle. And a man's foes shall be those of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Now keep these things in mind. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Listen to these last few verses there that we read. I want to read them again and go back through that. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. There is nothing that we can have between us and God and his son Jesus Christ. We have to let them be first and foremost. Now that's not saying that we can't enjoy having a family. We can't enjoy a father or mother or our daughters or whatever it might be. Your sons, wives, husbands. He's not saying that. But if we love that and we love the things of this world more and we're willing to sacrifice Jesus Christ so that we might please our worldly relations here upon the earth, he says, you're not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Take his cross. Take up his abode. Take up whatever Christ, whatever he puts you into, whatever position... Take it up and then follow him. He said, if you're not willing to do that, 
then you're not worthy of him. He that findeth his life shall lose it. Findeth his spiritual life. And if we just find our natural life, and that's all we look for, we lose that spiritual life. And he that loseth his life for my sake, he that puts that worldly nature aside and puts all of that below Jesus Christ and finds him, he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Find eternal life. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that encouraging to us today of what we can find and what we can be a part of? Don't let Satan get you down. But keep up. Keep your head up. Keep your thoughts up. And accept Him. Lay aside these little frivolous things that we will have between us and Jesus Christ. That's what he was talking about here. It looks very strong when we say there that be right within your own household. He just wanted to bring these things to our attention. But it can be all manner of things. It can be just small little things that we put ahead of Jesus Christ. Isn't that something that's foolish in our mind? That we can do that. Let's get them out. Let him show us what we need to do. He that receiveth you, receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. Again, he's talking to his disciples there about what was going on. About how that... He was sending them out and he says, Now people receive you because you are the one that is speaking my words to them. He says, If they receive you, they are receiving me. And if they receive me, they're receiving God, the one that sent me. And I believe that's the same thing that goes on today, friends. If I have been called and it is my duty and I fully believe it is to speak the words of Jesus Christ to you today, if you receive those words, you're receiving Jesus Christ. And if you receive Jesus Christ, you're receiving God the Father. And eternal life comes with all that. And the power over sin comes with that. The power over Satan comes with it. The joy and peace and love and mercy of God comes with it. What more could we ask for than we can be a part of this? He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Let's look at where the Spirit is and receive whatever He says receive and adhere to whatever He says to adhere and reject whatever He says reject. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. There is one that is righteous, and that is God.
If we receive Him and His Son, they are righteous. Man is not. The Spirit of the Holy Ghost is righteous. And we can have that. Don't let it get defiled. And we shall receive a righteous man's reward. Jesus Christ was righteous and he's back there at the right hand of God the Father. There with him today. And we can have that same reward and to be a part of that group. By believing upon that righteous man, God the Father and Jesus Christ. And whosoever shall give, whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only, only in the name of a disciple. Verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple. In the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever you do, he says, just do it with Jesus and God in mind. Verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. If we just follow him and continue on in it, we will not lose that reward. If we abide until the end, if we endure until the end, and we can, there's no reason to be afraid. There's no reason to not put our faith and trust and know that we got the power over Satan. And we can overcome all things. There is nothing that can't be overcome by Jesus Christ. He says it is impossible with man. But he says all things are possible through Christ Jesus. Isn't that wonderful to think about? All things are possible through Christ Jesus. Victory is there for us. Put your faith and trust in Him. Get the things of the world out of your life. The little frivolous things that may be holding you back. Accept Jesus Christ. And be at one with Him. He is such a merciful being. And it is His will that we all see victory, that we're all saved. He paid the price. Don't let Him down. Let's go straight forward trusting Him. We'll sing number 190. Wonderful title to this song. Safe in the arms of Jesus. And we can be that way. And we can see and know of others 
that we can have hopes as they're there safe in the arms of Jesus today. But I want each and every one of us to know that of a surety while we are here in the land of the living. That you are safe in the arms of Jesus. And if you haven't made that decision, or if you want to make this and confess this before men today, you can come forward as we sing number 190.
baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And may the Lord receive. Safe in the arms of Jesus. Safe from this world's temptations. Sin cannot harm me there. Free from the blight of sorrow. Free from my doubts and fears. Only a few more trials. Only a few more years. And be safe. In the arms of Jesus Christ. Now and forever. We've got that opportunity, friends. Let's live by it. Let us pray. We will, before I will mention, we will have our meeting here tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Let us pray. To God the Father, thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you for your love and kindness and mercy. And I just beg that you show us what you want us to do and how we can be a part of the harvest here upon the earth. And I know that you first want it to start right here with us. And let's be encouraged in your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the encouragement. Thank you for all you've done for us. And help us to encourage one another. I ask you to be with this congregation and all that hears this message. And everyone else that has a desire for your spirit. Wherever they may be. To be with them in the upcoming days. To strengthen them. And to help them. To be a part of your kingdom. And to help others to understand your word through them. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.